Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head, head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Greetings and good day, good people. We welcome you once again uh, to another episode of the Righteous Ratchet and Real podcast. I'm your co-host, Greta. And of course, we have uh, our homegirls, our friends, our our go-tos, uh, Keisha and Renee. Could you say hello, ladies? Hey. Hi, hi, hi. As you all know, uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And really, um, over time, I've noticed that not only do we recognize breast cancer, but we recognize other forms of cancer as well. And today, um, in honor of breast cancer awareness and other forms, we want to honor our loved ones who have died from various types of cancer um, and share parts of their stories, their journeys uh, with you all. Too often, we don't do a lot of remembering. Sometimes the remembrance is painful and rightly so uh, because we miss them so much, but how they touched our lives and how they shaped us helped to make us who we are. And so their legacy lives in us, their fingerprints are over us. And, you know, prayerfully out of this episode, we will begin to do more, uh, especially for those who don't do anything, uh, but prayerfully we'll begin to do more to honor our loved ones. Um, so ladies, uh, what family and or friends um, do you wanna call and lift today in remembrance? Um, of those who have died from cancer, uh, any part of the j- journey you would like to share and um, talk to us ladies. And I'll begin as you kind of gather your thoughts. Um, I have three relatives in particular um, that I know of. And I have to say that because, you know, sometimes people die in our family and we don't, we never know why, but there are three that I know of um, who died from some type of cancer that's uh, Alec Barnes, uh, my paternal grandfather, he had lung cancer. Um, my mom, Irma Barnes, uh, died from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, Wendelin Evans, my maternal aunt, who died of breast cancer. And those are that's the order that they died in as well. I think my granddad was 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Um, my mom, 2011 and my aunt, um, 2022, last November, as a matter of fact. And so um, I may share parts of their journey uh, throughout this episode, but those are my three. 
Um, mine would be McKinney Fayola Harris, my little sister, passed from uh, a rare form of muscle cancer before her sixth birthday. Mine, uh, there are, are several, but um, particularly breast cancer, I'm going to lift up Mildred Lewis. Uh, she is the mother of my childhood best friend, uh, Raina Williams. And she was the first woman that I knew of, ever knew of, to uh, die of breast cancer. So, Ashe. So the Bible is filled with a variety of different memorials for different things, yet we don't always do a good job with remembering. Um, but these are righteous acts. Uh, we read about the 12 stones that Joshua erected after they crossed the Jordan. We, uh, Many of us take partake in communion monthly to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary. But do we do anything else to remember those who have given so much to us? I know we have the funeral and we celebrate and we have the repast and we do all these things. I remember my father and my uncles, they would always gather and tell stories. Oh, my God, the stories they would tell of loved ones past and uh, just of their childhood. Um, and this was always around the big holiday dinners and they would gather everybody around or some kind of way we would find ourselves uh, just kind of on the edge of our seats listening to their stories. But what else do we do um, to remember and to uplift the legacy of our loved ones? Um, as a people, you know, before being brought to these shores, Lord help us. And even sometime afterwards, there was the pouring of libations. There were the bottle trees that we would see people create in their yard. I remember seeing quite a few of those. Um, but those are traditions and practices that we seem to have largely lost. Although I know that many of us are trying to reclaim some of those practices. But ladies, do you? what do you do to help remember and celebrate your loved ones? Do you, do you remember grandparents or your parents pouring libations or the bottle tree or just kind of talk to us about what you do to help remember your loved ones? My family is terrible at that, honestly. Mm -hmm. We don't do anything. And um, it became something that I noticed this year with the passing of my niece's father. Um, because his family are really big about going to the grave site and, you know, for holidays and all that stuff. My family, that's not our experience. Mm -hmm. And so my mama is having a hard time, bless her heart. She is like, wow. <laughs> and so, um, it, it allowed me to have a conversation with her and I said, well, mommy, I don't know if I would judge how they're, you know, doing this mm -hmm. process, but I can say this, I think that our family is, is terrible at. We're awful, you know, at, you know, just kind of we will still talk about stories, but we don't have any way of, you know, uh, traditions about remembering people. Mm -hmm. And so she was and so I um, talked about um, 
Day of the Dead, the you know, mm-hmm. and that whole aspect. And so I was like, you know, there's something to that mm-hmm. and to the remembrance. And so she was like, well, that's what you want to do. And I was like, it's not that I want to do that, but I just think mm-hmm. that we should come up with something that is a tradition that we do to keep alive and to honor the memory of those who are no longer with us on this side, but just as a way of saying, we remember you. You didn't just pass on and you didn't matter, but that we come and we say, you mattered. We remember you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similarly, uh, our family just does not really... Uh, we don't really do much uh, with regard to that. And I also have not had a lot of immediate family members pass mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that hasn't been um, largely in my experience. But when I was pastoring, one of the things we did do, particularly during the pandemic, we lost so many church mm-hmm. members, not the COVID, just a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. you know, elements and issues. Uh, that took a lot of lives. So at the end of the year, we put together a, a, our watch night service hmm. and shifted it to be a remembrance of everyone who had passed away, particularly hmm. because we couldn't all go to their their funeral services and things like that. So uh, we put together, we, we I talked, not we, I did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I talked to their families. I got pictures. Hmm and quotes from family members and mm. put a slideshow and did it all over Zoom. And, and I lit candles and called mm-hmm. their names and, you know, and prayed for their families and made it such a, a time of remembrance that people were like, we should do that every year. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. we should. because we don't always do that. We don't always have a mechanism to um, help us remember. Um, and so in and port libation too. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm always reminded, like at the end of the year in December, last week of December, you always see that article. I don't know who does it, but um, it's an article of all the celebrities we love okay. the past year, right? Mm-hmm. That is actually yeah. a, a good mechanism for us to to take into our own families, our own situations, and um, remember people because I think it's important. Yeah. I think it is too. And even though, you know, I I talked about my, my dad and my uncles, you know, they're gone. So we don't really have that um, in terms of a family dynamic of doing something, but I'll tell you, especially with the loss of my mom, my dad, whose death was not cancer related, but just my mom, my dad, my aunt, I have to give it up to my husband because he will, crack a joke that will honor them. He will uh, say, remember when so-and-so did this? And I remember shortly after, I think it was probably after my mom or my dad died and Brad told a story that made me feel really, really good because it gave me permission to talk for for some reason I felt like maybe I couldn't talk about it or something and I think that's the kind of conditioning that we have that once someone dies we don't we don't really do a whole lot of talking we don't really do we don't say anything it's like they die and they're gone but in that moment I felt like Brad had given me permission to remember them and to talk about them 
and to laugh, like cry, mm. cracking laughter at some of the stuff that they would do or say. And I just appreciated that. And I still do today because we'll we'll break out a story in a minute. And it just helps to keep the memory alive. It helps to keep it alive for our son who really doesn't remember. He remembers a little bit, but his memory, of course, he was so young, is, is not what he would want it to be or, or what we would like it to be. But when we tell those stories and he gets to hear and he gets to laugh too, and it just really drove home the importance of the story, remembering their story, talking about it, laughing about it. Um, and it's just been so important for me. And I would say for Brad too, just in our healing process and just in remembering them and loving them and it being okay. So I thank God for that. I really do. You guys, I've visited, this is sort of like a left moment. Um, I visited the Word Museum a few weeks ago and talking about just culture and how culture and how you handle uh, death can be so different, right? Mm. Um, in Australia, they're no longer allowed to mention the name of their of someone who is deceased. It absolutely, really? they're no longer allowed to do it. And so there is a word within the language that actually is meant to take the place of someone who is, um, is no longer with, with them. And mm -hmm. I just thought that was so fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. How culture dictates our grieving process. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, Greta, for you, it had been just like, you didn't feel like you could. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and it had been obviously something, you know, in, in terms of your family culture. And I know in my family culture, it's that way where it's like, all right, you know, we, we move on. I'm like, we tell mm -hmm. stories, but we just kind of move on while this, you know, my um, uh, niece's father's family, they have a very different, you mm -hmm. know, experience of going to the gravesite, And mm -hmm. so culture mm -hmm. in large part dictates how we do it. And so... Rene, you know, church, I was like, we do do that. We do that remembrance, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know why I never thought to translate it to be something that, you know, we can do within our family every year mm -hmm. to remember the people who have passed for us. And I'm like, we pour libations, we do all that. But for some reason, I think it's a church thing and not like, a, okay, come on now, let's figure out what we're going to do for our family. So I, I thank you, um, Greta, for even how you've you know, frame this episode because it, it has now reminded me, you know, of what it is that I want to, you know, bring back up to my family. And mm -hmm. this week it's important to me because although this episode is going to um, air later, it is my sister's uh, birthday mm -hmm. would have been Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, always kind of is a thing, you know, where you think she passed so young, what would she have been doing? Where would she have been? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, 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 it forces me again to not just fall back into that whole, you know, we don't really do anything, but again, it taps on me to re remind me, what is it that you're going to do? How are your family going to um, do it? And one of the things that I have done personally, though, 
is that I always give to St. Jude's. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of the ways that I honor her memory and think about her is because St. Jude's was important for her while she was going through treatment. And so every time, you know, whether it is that I sign up to do their walk or just give, it is a reminder of who she was and an honor of her memory. Yeah, that's good. Um, because as, as we were talking, and even before you mentioned St. Jude, I thought about other ways that people honor their loved ones. You know, we set up scholarships, and that is something I plan to do in my parents' honor. I, I just haven't fished out to whom or, you know, all of those details. But, you know, even tomorrow, um, our church is sponsoring a cancer walk. And, you know, I'll definitely be walking with those three people I named in mine um, because it's going to cover all cancers. But I know there are things that we do, um, but sometimes we can do those things and it not, you know, it's, you know, like the cancer walk. Uh, really, until this conversation, I was just going to be in the cancer walk because I'm the pastor and my church is hosting it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'll definitely be a little bit more intentional in my steps, you know, and, and thinking about um my my mom my aunt and my granddad you know so yeah yeah Greta you were ta talking about in Australia that yeah yeah so so that's really fascinating because I was thinking about what came to mind was the movie Coco the Disney movie mm -hmm. Coco, mm -hmm. and the Dia de los Muertos the Day of the Dead and how the whole thrust was someone has to say your name, like mm. not saying your name, then you're actually dead. Mm. You're alive in this land of the dead, but when they stop saying your name, mm. you fade away. More. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating how, you know, again, different cultures hold death yeah. so differently. Yeah. Um, we're, we're at this time preparing on my campus for there to be altars for the day of the dead. Hmm. Thinking about okay, let me go get some pictures of, of my of you know of folk of my people and get ready to put them on the altar too because I I really reson I resonate with not necessarily once you know no one says your name anymore you're dead but I resonate with the with the fact that whatever room we come into we're mm -hmm. also bringing our ancestors we're also bringing our loved ones you know so yes yeah. this this right here mm. are my grandmother's bracelets and mm. so i intentionally and i think about it when i go into spaces that i would i know she would have been so proud and celebrated me i i usually fiddle with them i usually touch them because i understand that i'm bringing her into the room when when we yeah. defended our our doctoral thesis i brought my my grandmother's obit she died during the course of our our program and i brought it her I brought her obit because it had her picture on it. One of my one of my favorite pictures of her, because I wanted her there. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And along those lines, usually every Sunday when I take the pulpit, I have on something. I'm wearing something that either belonged to my mom or I have my dad's ring on uh, or something. Mm -hmm. Usually something that belongs to my mom. But every every now and then, Daddy be like, "Well, Marine," <laughs> and I wear his Omega ring. He doesn't say that, of course, but I, you know, I I I feel a 
a nudge to wear something that belongs to him. But yeah, you're right. You're right. And they're, they are with us always, all the time. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's let's get off into this ratchet part a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. cancer in and of itself is ratchet. So it sure is. It, it, you know, it just is. You know, I'm I'm not quite sure how much more ratchet we can get. Um, you know, I'm grateful it's not the same. And I say this loosely, not loosely. I say I don't know how I say it. It's not the same death sentence that it once was mm -hmm. um you know when someone was diagnosed you know there's i think when people hear the term now there's still much dread around it but i also think on the other hand that technology and medicine has come such a long way that there's more longevity there um yeah. but nevertheless it's still such a terrible disease you know uh, cancer invades. It takes over the body. It metastasizes. It's you know it is it is that. Um, the other thing though is to that I'm I'm so skeptical though of the breakthroughs that we have allegedly not had. Right? You know, one of the most advanced nations in the world. We still don't have a cure, um, but we got some of everything else that we want um, and don't need. And so that makes me feel like it, <laughs> it makes me feel like the pharmaceutical companies are just in it for the money. Like they got a cure stash somewhere, you know, but because it's big bucks, you know, we're going to let this thing ride and we'll just treat the symptoms. We'll treat it. Uh, we'll give them a, long, a little longer life, but, you know, we, we got to milk this for what it's worth. I, I often got that sense. And my aunt and I, we would talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, as most of you, probably some of you, I don't know, some of you may know, I, I was one of my aunt's caregivers. And I would take her back and forth to the doctor. And it was one of those uh, cancer treatment centers of America. It was one of those places. Okay. Um, none, uh, one-stop shop for all things cancer related, right? And we would look around this place and just marvel at the fact of how much money was coming in and out of the door, all of the services, all of the scans, all of the medications, all of the, all of the, all of the things. And I mean, big bucks. And we have advances in everything else. But we can't cure this. Yeah. I, I think the devil is a lie. It makes me think about that. Um, the black woman who um she says that her research actually has proven that she can kill that cancer cells, but the problem is is that she needs funding mm. in order to be able to um do it. And so she's like she hasn't been able to find funding and she's been trying to do grassroots efforts to mm. raise funding for mm. um for her her project which is crazy right when you think about like you said all of the levels of money that come in for cancer research Jeez. and her stuff has been proven they've been talking about it for years now but she's got to do a grassroots effort mm. to raise money because the moment she is able to mass produce is over it's over 
Can we also name how it is that prostate cancer is one of the most survivable cancer mm -hmm. there is, right? But breast cancer mm -hmm. is still taking women out. Mm. Still, it's still, women are still being uh, cut up. But yeah. a man gets radiation, you know, a couple of rounds of radiation. He's still, go ahead on, live your life. Mm -hmm. I'm not speaking about what I heard. I'm speaking about what I know, what mm -hmm. I've seen. I mean, I think that there is a, a, a some kind of like discrepancy in, in the ways that the research is funded. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, sexism is everywhere, right? I don't want, look, I don't want nobody <laughs> to die. I don't want nobody to die, but I'm just saying, can we make this thing equal? Can we make mm. the research behind both of those equal? Which though goes to say, because I'm like, Susan G. Coleman has been a thing. I was like, long mm. before I knew about, you know, prostate cancer, yep. Susan yep. G. Coleman has been getting these coins. The real OG. <laughs> yeah, there was that whole scandal of where the money was actually going. Mm. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that one. Yes. Not all of the money that was going, mm. I mean, in any kind of situation where you do right. funding. Not all right. of them, I'm talking about, but I'm talking about a gross amount. Oh wow! Was being held back for other things. I don't have my research, my my the articles are nothing in front of me, so I don't know. But it was a thing. It was in the news. Just I'm cracking up. <laughs> Ronde was like the TikTok people. She was like, "Look, I'm spreading the information, but you got to do your own research now. Google it." <laughs> <laughs> Because I wow. mean, years ago, folks was like, don't give to Coleman. Don't give mm -hmm. to Coleman. Don't know where it need to go, go people pockets. Okay. Vacations and they yachts. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, funny you mentioned that because the same thing with the March of Dimes. You don't hear about the March of Dimes the way you used to. But I do remember them saying that not all of the money was going towards those efforts with children and cancer and so. Huh, folk be, folk be folking. But so far, uh, just for this year alone, guys, the American Cancer Society reports nearly 2 million new cancer cases for 2023 alone. And we're not even finished with the year. Um, and it's the thing, you know, I know cancer has always been with us, you know. Uh, we may not have always known what it was, but it's always been there. But it seems to me, too, that the numbers are trending upwards, even amid new technology, new innovation. And the incidence of cancer begs the question, what is going on to make cancer numbers increase, especially in the United States, where uh, Medical News Today says that the United States has the highest cancer rate of all countries. But you know who has some of the lowest rates? Rate? Sudan, South Sudan, Djibouti, Republic of Congo, Congo rather, um, Bhutan, Nepal, and Tajikistan. Most of those countries are where? In Africa. And then they say India has almost no cancer cases at all. Asians have the lowest incidence of cancer. What are we doing 
what are we doing? Is it because cancer is such big business in the U.S.? Um, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going on? So one of the, the things, there, there's a number of thoughts I have here about this particular <laughs> issue. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, of my thoughts is the fact that I'm like the FDA, bless their heart, really mm. don't care about us. Mm. And the fact that American companies mm. in other countries produce items that are made differently because yeah. of the standards in those countries and they won't do it here and so yeah. i know ronay you can can testify to this part with california now banning mm-hmm. dyes mm-hmm. but i'm like so it, it affects so many candy you know so i'm like so basically what you're telling us is that since we were children mm. you have been giving us things that are carcinogenic mm-hmm. and we have literally we've had it's the scandals are crazy right yeah BPA the plastic then we find out these forever chemicals are mm-hmm. in lululemon leggings and we find out the forever chemicals are in our kale now so there is something to be said about yeah. the fact that capitalism is cons- more concerned yes. about yeah. how we can make the most yep and not consider the moral and ethical aspect of how it is we take care of other people so there is that. There is also, I know in Prince George's County, we have a very high rate of um, cancer in, mm-hmm. especially, you know, in Prince George's County as compared to the rest of the state, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's a black county. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so we have also seen based on food, but also on the pieces of land that black people have been Mm -hmm. given to live on that they're, Uh um, you know, one of the things that they're finding out it's former dump sites. Mm -hmm. They're building all these houses on. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, causing or linked to to cancer rates. So right. not only do they not care about us, they definitely don't care about black folks. Wow. What was that Kanye said about to, to Bush? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, Keisha, Air died there. He'll say something, but it's still like, Lord bless him. <laughs> huh. I mean, Michael Jackson said it though. Well, let's give it to Michael on this one. Okay, <laughs> give it to Michael. Give it to Michael because he, he, yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that a lot of, you know, you know what scares me is I have always loved that new car smell. Mm, yeah. New car smell, right? You know, oh, I love new cars. I love, and to think that there are so many chemicals, there are hundreds of chemicals that are used in the creation of a new car. Mm. You're smelling those, you're riding those, you're taking long car rides because mm. your car will go. You know, every, you're, you're, you're commuting, you know, and you're exposed to these chemicals every day for years until that new car smell wears off and even beyond, you know, um, yes. a lot of the, our Western conveniences mm. are the very reasons why we are so sick. I never knew yeah. that. You hit you hit me to something. Yeah. We you know the, the off oh that's what it is, the off gassing. So you get that new sofa 
and mm. smells a certain way. You you know, take it out the plastic, mm. they deliver it, they take it out the plastic, it sits in your living room, but your house smells away for a couple of weeks. Gassing mm. of chemicals. I never yeah. thought of that. I just enjoyed the smell. Oh, I know. We we do this all, I mean, because it's new, right? And we love new yes. stuff. We love new stuff. We love that our wealth enables us to purchase certain things. We didn't get to have that. I didn't get to get a brand new car until I was 30. You know what I'm saying? I, I Yeah. And this stuff is killing us. Wow. Um, one of the other things that I think is notable to me when I look at these countries that you have listed is that a lot of times they don't have fast food. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. on top of that, a lot of the traditional meals that they eat, um, I was like, my first thought was India and Nepal. Mm-hmm. Um, curry is very important. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when you talk about turmeric, turmeric is linked to be a cancer fighter, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of a Ayurvedic medicine. So mm-hmm. like their daily diet is actually combating part of, you know, what's happening because I'm like India, we know they got smog and stuff. So child, the, <laughs> the fact that they actually would have almost no cancer baby mm-hmm. means that something they doing it is, is, is right. And when I think right. about my, the Indian folks, I know they don't do a whole lot of eating out. They're like, no, nah, that's not how we grew up. They also do not eat a lot of meat. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 <sighs> Help us Lord. So, oh, there's also the documentary. I don't know if y'all have seen it. The Blue Zone. Yes. Mm -hmm. That documentary talks about areas in the world where people have long, long lives. They live to be Mm -hmm. over 100. And the research, the documentarian goes into these communities to see what it is that people are doing Mm. um, that enables them to live long like that. It's not just one person. It's not just five people. It's like a history of communities living longer. So that means no cancer. That means no heart disease. It means, you know, that they are, uh, and these people are living until they die. Like Mm -hmm. they're not just all of us, they're they're not um, slowing down so much. Right. They just, one day they don't wake up. Mm. (laughs) So we're talking about really super healthy people Mm. about their diet, about how they live simply. Mm-hmm. These are my people that are driving, you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar cars, and you know, people who are dining out at the finest restaurants, and you know, mm-hmm. these are people who are eating beans, you know, at home, right? And are you know doing things in community with one another? They're they're living um, in a spirit of of forgiveness and mm-hmm. joy and presence. That is that. Check out that uh, documentary if y'all haven't seen it on Netflix, The Blue Zone. The Blue Zone. Very it's, good. Um, it's in my queue. <laughs> in my queue. Can't wait to get to it. Yeah. Amen. Well, whether it be our diet, our lifestyle, or some other factor, um, we just want to keep it real and say, do what is necessary, please. And in your power to stay informed, go see your doctor. Everyone should go get their annual physical colon exam. If you're of that age, women, mammograms, pap smears, gynecology, all of that, men, PSA counts. Uh, If something feels off, go get checked out. 
Um, early detection. We all know early detection offers the best chance of survival. And I think that was the thing that bothered me most about my mom. Uh, my mom could be so stubborn. Uh, <laughs> bless her heart. She could not feel well, know something wasn't right. But because she was afraid to find out what it was, she would not go get checked. And by the time she would go get checked about something, it was so far gone, um, like like really gone, to the point where it was it was just like, Mom, we've been telling you go get checked out. And so not knowing does not do you any good. As a matter of fact, it makes matters worse. So please. Please, please, please get yourself checked out. Do all your annual exams, physicals, tests, blood work, all of that. And if something feels off, go get it checked. Ladies, what do you, any, anything else for keeping it real? Advocate for yourself. Mm. If you go and do all these things that Greta has mentioned, and then some, and your doctor is still not willing to pay attention, mm. advocate for yourself. Yeah. Take the earrings off, put Vaseline on your face, do what you got to do to get someone to listen to you. Yeah. You know your body better than they do. Okay. Even with their degrees, they ain't got your body. So, so advocate for yourself. If that means getting someone else to come with you who can really, you know, they are because it's not, you know, they are not you. They are able to have a certain presence in those appointments that maybe you can't have them come with you. Right. Do what you need to do. Write stuff down. Um, you know, don't be afraid to escalate stuff mm -hmm. um, because you are the only you that you have. Right. And to your point, that's so important because I remember with my aunt, as she, as time progressed and her disease progressed, I needed to be there with her mm -hmm. in those appointments to listen to the doctor, to ask the questions that maybe she could not think of in the moment because, you know, her brain did start to deteriorate and, and, and whatnot. And so mm -hmm. having that person to be there with, with her, with you. Um, is very important in that process. That is so true. So true. And don't be afraid to get a second opinion or a third opinion or however many opinions it takes to get to the bottom of whatever it is that you might be feeling. Keisha? Cosine. <laughs> Cosine. <laughs> well, even though we each have loved ones who have died and or have been affected, are affected, uh, by cancer in some way, we want to dedicate this episode today to the Reverend Dr. Valerie Tony Parker. Uh, Valerie was our classmate, our colleague in ministry. She was a Jeremiah Wright scholar uh, and just an all-around beautiful person um, who died this year, this past May, of cancer. And she would truly be missed. Her legacy remains and those uh, of whose lives she's touched including ours. Um, so we dedicate this episode to her. And um, yeah, uh, we thank you for tuning in today to the podcast. Uh, we are because of you. Uh, honor your loved one. Remember their life, their light, their love. 
share this podcast with someone, tell your friends about us, uh, and don't forget to keep it righteous, ratchet, and real. That's all for now, guys. See you later.